My name is Brian. I like most people. I'll be your friend too. If you want to stay, this is my podcast. I hope you like it. Rate, like, and subscribe. And now it's time to play. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of Brian Bogart Has a Podcast, the podcast. I'm your host, Brian Bogart, and with me in the studio today, none other than a assistant editor, I believe is his official job title, also not nearly as important as his other job title, which is friend, and that gentleman is Quinn Lara. How you doing, Quinn? Hi, Brian. Thank you for having me. You uh, know, it's it's a pleasure. It's, oh, you, you it's some... a pleasure to be here. Uh, you actually, you give me more credit than I deserve. Uh, I'm not an assistant editor by title yet, uh, but I do work on a television show and that's the track I'm on and I'd like to edit. I, I had to embellish a little bit to make people want to listen to this episode. So, you know, we're, we're going to do some razzle dazzle on your job title. Okay, that's fine by me. I, I'll just be ridden with, uh, with imposter syndrome the entire time. Yeah, imposter syndrome, and you, you might get some paperwork from your employer, you know, a, a quick cease and desist, <laughs> saying you can't legally call yourself this. Right, yeah. But but you'll be like, yo, don't you realize how much cred I got one from day. Do- from talking about this on my buddy's podcast? One day. Maybe one day. But actually, you've been on the podcast before. Did you know that? Oh, I did. I called in momentarily and annoyed you with my singing voice. And I think you hung up on me pretty immediately. I did. Uh, It was last episode. You know, I had Julian here. Uh, You called. And, um, you know, this isn't your fault, Quinn. Sometimes you do stuff um, that frustrates me. Uh, It's funny that you say that. I actually, the moment you hung up on me, I kicked myself because I thought if only instead I had asked what the topic of discussion was, I might have been able to be a little more proactive. Don't don't worry. I was going to hang up on you regardless. (laughs) (laughs) Your fate was already sealed. Before I called. Yeah. (laughs) But, uh, but yeah, I don't know. Well, and and I bring you here for a few reasons. I mean, one, because you're my dear friend. I like talking to you and, um. You know, sometimes I feel like you need an outlet to get all the Quinn energy out there. And and let's be honest, if um, if I hadn't had you on eventually, you'd get a little butt hurt. So we're I, just going to go ahead. I and, was already butt hurt. You hung up on me. Yeah. So we're just going to address this head first. Um, it's a Friday night. We're both, you know, we're both done working our jobs. And here's the thing. You have a big boy job in the entertainment industry, which is many people's dream. It you is know? sort of a big boy job. I, I have the divine honor of uh, being on call 12 hours a day in case said TV show needs me. Um, and I'm, uh, I'm, I'm a little more, I guess, than an administrative assistant. I'm a post-production assistant, but I, I get to be a go-between uh, between – Lots of many departments, you know, VFX and the editing, mostly editing. That's my track, um, but mostly coordinating actor schedules for ADR and stages. And- so can you talk, you know, some of our listeners who would be interested in a career path in showbiz, in Hollywood? You know, how did you come across this job? And 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 what does it take, you know, now that, that you're a few months into it now? So you're, you're starting to get your feet wet. Uh, uh, sheer nepotism. Uh, I think a lot of your listeners won't won't be happy to hear, but it was it was uh, I I definitely was uh, I'm I'm acting trained. That's where Brian and I met each other. We 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 worked with with, with each other at the University of Texas at Austin. We met there. We became friends. Uh, we we moved out to L.A. to be performers. We both did. 
Um, but the last few years, I've I've definitely been uh, a little more drawn to the to the post production side of things, primarily editing. That's what I've been putting a lot of my focus on. I've worked on a couple projects recently where. Uh, in addition to producing and directing these projects, I've taken on the helm of editor and uh, built a little bit of a reel for myself. But uh, that's how I got this job. But before I was even able to prove myself and to to, to prove I had those stripes, uh, I had to indulge in a little bit of nepotism. I picked up golf, which mm. I don't golf, <laughs> but I picked up golf thinking, well, L.A. is the type of place. That's I always think- a very evil sentence. <laughs> I picked up golf. And it got me this job. It's, it's entirely like, it's what like tell me where the skeletons are. <laughs> They're buried all over the golf course. They're, uh, I, I did. I, I, I used to pitch and putt with Brian and some other friends in college, and I had this kind of vocational but interest. But I never gave you any job opportunity. No, no, yeah. no, because I didn't golf with you. Uh, Not that much, yeah. <laughs> well, and I had nothing to offer. That's right. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I, I was having a hard time during pandemic times keeping a consistent job. I was between a lot of personal assisting and executive. I got, yeah, what were you doing before then, if, I, if you could was, share a little bit I about that? I was working that. with uh, a music producer. Uh, he will remain is, unnamed. I was about to say, is, is your NDA? Uh, uh, you know, I didn't sign an NDA, and I have all kinds of great oh, stories. Dude, drag him. So drag his ass. Stories. He was such a prick. Uh, he was, and you'll hear more about that later. Uh, but uh, I, ha- I I plan on, on writing these stories down. I don't know how they'll manifest themselves in a memoir. I don't know who cares about that. Or maybe they'll all adapt them into some comedy or something. I don't know. But... I think of it as like a Lee Daniels, the butler kind of thing. <laughs> where it's like you, you were the, the kind of the butler I, I of, the of butler. all these people. and You're, I, you're like a Forrest Gump kind I of character. Kind of, I, I've, I've, wo- I've woven my tail in and out of several uh, high high income households. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, I was doing that through the pandemic. I was personal assisting and I was uh, executive assisting CEOs and actors and, and just kind of uh, stringing gigs along that way. And then I, I picked up golf and I had a buddy who was working for the show I work on now. And uh, I, we started golfing together. I let him know my employment woes and one thing led to another. And let's be honest, that was the reason for the golf trip. <laughs> that was 100. I don't. I he was mean, like, hey, man, you want to golf? You're like, yeah, my handicaps, whatever. My and handicap's then 9,000. <laughs> and then as soon as you show up, you're like, so how about that job? <laughs> and that's kind of how it happened. Uh, it, it took more than Did one. he feel fleeced? Uh, I, I was he like, I, wait a minute. I I made sure that it was a slow roll. It was a slow burn. I didn't I didn't I didn't shoot my load uh, on the first date. I definitely I think on the first date I alluded to my unhappiness in my, oh my job situation. Uh, the second golf date I probably mentioned. you handled this with the meticulousness of a serial killer. I uh, yeah, it was calculated. And uh, so the second trip was more of uh, I'm looking for work. And I think it might have been the third or fourth trip I outright asked. Uh, you don't happen to have any positions available, do you? And you know what? You don't you 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 miss 100 percent of the shots you don't take because he had two positions available two, And he offered me both, whichever worked better with my schedule. And here we are now, uh, you know a little less than a year down the line and I'm much happier than I was last year. So step 1, have a friend who's a showbiz hotshot. <laughs> step 2, Dude. take up golf. <laughs> step 3, nepotize your way into said Well, hotshot. step step 3 through 5 is like plan several golf outings <laughs> so he's none the wiser so that by the time you ask him it's not weird. <laughs> And then step six through step, eight. Steps three through six engender friendship. Just yeah, <laughs> engender friendship. And then uh, six through eight, keep uh, 
keep uh, tickling his balls until, uh, you know, so that you remain employed. You know, it, this is someone, I don't say his name, I like him. Uh, he's a nice guy, and, and we're in several fantasy leagues. Uh, you and I are with each other, and he's in one of them. And I remember, I, I forget what it was, but you said something that was like such a a simp, like kind of, you, you said something that I, was- I, the, I am not above sucking his dick in my own fantasy <laughs> league if it keeps me gainful. Right, right. He, 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 made, he made a pick and he was like, oh, good pick. And we're just like, yeah, of course you'd say that to your boss. Yeah. You got a little something on your nose there, Quinn. But um, not really. It, it's a brown nosing metaphor. Yeah, there you go. Got it. Thanks. Let the record show. Quinn actually wiped his nose. I, that was for you. That was for but you. But you know what? You're very. You're pretty plugged in with the entertainment stuff. I had Julian on last week. Uh, you know, my dear cousin who was on, and and he he spilled all the hot tea on the infamous "Don't Worry, Darling" premiere, and uh, and all the hot Olivia Wilde and Sydney Sweeney tea. You watch everything, and you have so many opinions. What's great about opinions is they're all subjective, so they can never truly be wrong, and yet yours always find a way to be. We, we disagree <laughs> on, on so many things. Um, it's because I have good taste. It's you called have, you, don't you have middling, even. You have middling, shooky taste. Dude. Oh, man. <laughs> Let the record show Brian's beside himself. He has to take a moment here. Cause... I'm going to take a breath. But... I don't well, you know, I mean, do we even start talking about the Emmy results or would that be too violent? I don't think that's too forward of us. I think that you and I can hash out some of our disagreements here on the podcast. Okay. All right. Um, I mean, let's talk about the Emmys. Let's talk about the big the big three. And and by the big three, I mean like what does the New York Times send a push notification about? <laughs> um, it'll send a push notification to describe or you know, talk about who won the best drama, which was succession. Who won the best limited series, The White Lotus, and who won best comedy, Ted Lasso. And it is my theory that those winners prove that there is no God. That's just how I feel. That's He's how not I feel. The God you worship. He's the God of popular television. I mean, this proved that the devil's real, but God is dead. So let, let's let's talk about, I guess, the the big three. Let's, let's jump into it. Where, yeah. do, you, where do you want to start? Because I I have an I have an opinion right off. Well, just the bat. just let those opinions go. Just, it's gonna be yeah. Ted Lasso and your disdain for it winning. <laughs> Here's the thing: Ted Lasso topped the comedy category. It was it was actually it was a stacked category. We had hacks in that. That's category. the most frustrating we had part. Barry in that category. We had marvelous Miss Maisel yes. in that category. It, you it just named three better shows than Ted Lasso. <laughs> three contemporaries. Here's 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 my here's my assertion. I think Ted Lasso won and deserved to oh, win. Man. See that because okay. I agree at one. As, I don't agree with the deserved part. As good as those other shows were, this is also a measure of you know, it's a, it's it's a popularity contest. This is back to high school. High school never ends. Ted Lasso was and is and will continue to be into its third or fourth season or third season now. Uh, the it's popular, be, that, that, the it was just the second kid, season. The popular kid at school. Mm -hmm. it, it, it gets the most viewership. It's the most talked about. It's tweeted. It's memeified. It's all over my social is media. Is it memeified? It is memeified. I don't see the I memification see, of see it. The, I see the memification of of Jason Sudeikis and his his happy go lucky, charming little mustachioed self. I get the mm -hmm. I get the I get the screen grab. Are you a, are the, you a Jason Sudeikis apologist? I'm a Jason Sudeikis uh, admirer uh, to an extent. I yeah. mean, I, I mean, I wouldn't, Sounds I wouldn't suck like his it. dick the way I'd suck my my bosses, but <laughs> <laughs> who keeps me gainfully employed? 
uh, I love you, and you have great fantasy picks, Paul. Um, but Jason Sudeikis is, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't scoff at Jason Sudeikis. Mm-hmm. I don't have any qualms with Jason Sudeikis. I'm a little questionable, uh, those, those Olivia Wilde, uh, 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 papers, uh, court papers being served, the subpoena. Hey buddy, we talked about that last week. I know that, that was that. Yeah. That's not, that's not my. <laughs> wait, wait. So, but, but you semi blame him for that? No, 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 no. I say if anything is to be taken away, it might be the questionable handling of those documents in public, but that, I don't blame him. I don't for think that. he had anything to do. I with that, really though. don't. No, yeah. I think I think that that was a rogue. I think I think uh, I think you uh, could you could uh, criticize Jason Sudeikis for a number of things, but not you know I not yeah, really like, like the, his involvement in Colossal. What a what a lame film. R- oh, man, it, I remember when that came out. It, it looked really good, but then it, it turned out to be <laughs> no, a steaming no. pile and, of crap. And half the way, Simon says in a giant monster never looked good. In th- okay, all right. <laughs> We'll we'll talk about this 2016 yeah, movie. Yeah, at, some at other time. time. Yeah, there's another. All right, so so continue to justify Ted justifying Lasso's Ted Lasso disappointing victory. Is, it's 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 like justifying, it's like justifying Tom and Jerry on Cartoon Network. It's what the people want. It's what they're going to talk about. It's so weird that out of all the things you could talk about, the, giving the people what they want, it's Tom and Jerry. People want it. I wanted it. <laughs> you wanted it. People have wanted it and have been wanting it for sixty plus years. Uh, you can't deny that. But no, no. My point. My, so my does point Tom is, and Jerry deserve all the Emmys? I Tom and Jerry was probably wrongfully deprived of many Emmys. <laughs> <laughs> but no, 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 no. Just back to my point. There were really good comedies on the docket. It was Hacks. I loved Hacks. I think I liked Hacks. Hacks it was my favorite. Hacks should have been the winner. I think it was my favorite. Uh, and and Marvelous Miss Maisel was right up there with it. Mm-hmm. I think Barry is commendable in a lot of other categories, but not the comedy category. I think Barry this season was uh, dark and real, and I think it should have been. It still had whimsy, but the whimsy wasn't funny. And 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 when, I, when I'm choosing my best comedy, mm-hmm. you know, when I'm watching my best comedy, it's the one that I want to feel good and laugh. And for years and years, you know, the, the best comedies were the ones that were winning, were The Office and, uh, you know, what else has come around recently? You know, Parks and Rec. And there there were the feel-good comedies, Abbott Elementary, which didn't win. The Office, uh, would you call it feel-good, man? Because, I mean, people get secondhand embarrassment watching that show. You know what I get? I get secondhand ennui because it is such a small kind of setting, Scranton. We actually visited Scranton uh, just three weeks ago, uh, you we and did. I and a group yeah. of friends. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, driving out there is exactly how I felt watching the show is kind of a smallness to life, a rural pastoral kind of uh, un- some Amish communities, un- <laughs> some Amish communities. Did we pass Amish communities? Yeah, yeah totally. Oh, well, yeah, I mean, they're there. I was I was none the wiser as it happened. But my, my point Amish, is Amish. They're just like we're, us. we're getting away from my point again. Uh, I digress. You have uh, no we, point. we we get back to the funnier, more likable uh popular uh general public pleasing show and that was Ted Lasso. Am I happy about it? I mean You sure seem to be. I agree with it. <laughs> I agree with the decision based on the criteria and the criteria is the most popular funniest TV show. Not the best that is in the category because if it was the best show in the category that had nothing to do with comedy, it would have been Barry or it would have been I mean, I don't want to say Hacks and Miss Maisel don't have anything to do with comedy. They're very funny shows. But I think Barry was hitting on all the cylinders. It's it was it, There's mass appeal. I don't know. Uh, it has a huge viewership. People will talk about it around the water cooler. I went years without watching a season of Marvelous Miss Maisel until 
until I finally did. Until I finally did. And I, you know what? Hey, uh, 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 you know, bad on me for not having discovered it sooner. I'm glad I did. But if you're going to sit here and tell me Ted Lasso doesn't deserve its win, I'm, I'm going to fight you on that. Yeah, I'll keep saying it. I'll, I'll bang that drum till kingdom come. I mean, when it comes to comedy, you know, Ted Lasso, it's not a terrible show, but it is it is pure bubblegum. And also, I just don't think the joke writing is as sharp. And and I do think it's kind of ironic that it's it's portrayed as this woke show. And yet the only Hispanic representation is this caricature of a Mexican guy who can only say football is life. So I do think it's funny that they... You know, they, they practice what they preach in some areas, and but then they still have their, like, kind of cartoonish side characters. And and most of the jokes are, like, Ted making Kanye references that everyone on the soccer team just nods at, like, oh, yeah, he, he said something about Kanye. And that's not a joke. Hacks, Maisel, Barry, I think are superior shows. I do think this was the weakest season of Maisel so far. So I do... You know, I'm, I can live with it not winning this year. It is one of the more complete shows, I think, period out there, certainly in terms of production value and also writing in a lot of ways and character development. Um, Hacks, I do think, is the funniest show out of all of them. Barry might be the best show out of all of them. But yeah, the, the darker turn it took this season, maybe don't want to give it a comedy award, but then don't nominate it for comedy. It is that good of a show, the but ha- I remember... The ha-has weren't there this season for Barry. Even it was, it the was. The show continues to get better. It, it is so good every season. I don't want to take anything away from any of these shows. But what I do want to do is I want to give you, Brian, the opportunity on your own show. I want to give you the opportunity... <laughs> Thank you. Uh, ...to choose which show you would have chosen, one, as your best comedy winner, and two, the runner-up. Because I want to give a runner-up. Because I still would have chosen... Uh, uh, Ted Lasso, I, yeah. I, uh, myself. Um, so I'll let you go first. I mean, winner should have been Hacks. And um, and then runner-up, I mean, it really is a toss-up between Maisel and Barry. Um, and you know what? Just just to stun on the haters, I'll say Barry. Just because everyone talk, complains that it's not a comedy. Guess what? It was in the category, and it's the best show out of all of them. So uh, live with it, or, or nominate it for a different category. But don't at me. Uh, at Brian Bogart. Uh, at Brian.Bogard. Just, at Brian. Yeah, Bogart. So, so feel free to at me there. <laughs> I, I agree with you. If it wasn't Ted Lasso, I also would go with Hacks. Hacks was hilarious. Uh it's also uh it's definitely one of it's definitely one of the shows that um subverts expectations because I hate to say it, but there is still a culture of girls aren't funny and that if you're going to have girls being funny you need a supporting cast of men and i think that's not true and hacks puts that to bed because hacks is hilarious hacks is so very funny and very female driven 100 female driven i mean i mean some of the auxiliary characters are men but for the most part hacks focuses on our two uh our two actresses um our two primary characters and I think not for that reason it should have won, but I think for that reason it definitely makes a really strong case for why it was the second best show in that category. Once again, I don't think Hacks is a worse show than Ted Lasso. I think Ted Lasso is. Uh, I think ha- I think it's by, Hacks is far and away the better show than Ted Lasso. I don't know. Oh my that, God! I don't know that it's pound for pound, moment to moment, joke for joke, as funny. Do its jokes make me laugh? Yes. Do I really like its sensibilities? Yes. Do I like that it's a takedown of Hollywood culture? Yes. 
But do we have that show already? We have BoJack. We have no one anymore. Uh, I mean, you're talking right, about right, shows that don't right, exist anymore. Right. But have we had have we had this brand before? Yes. But have we had the brand of comedy Ted Lasso's bringing, which is feel good? All right. To to Ted Lasso's credit, there are not a lot of TV shows out there about a, a an American football coach <laughs> coaching <laughs> soccer in Europe. So like that in itself puts it in no, a in a semi unique no, category. No, it, it's saccharin feel good but bubblegum it is yeah but also it, it hits you with the heavy things too every other episode ends with something heavy and sad that you have to reckon with and ted lasso shows positive masculinity at its finest dealing with problems Barf. head on in a way we haven't seen on television before i think he represents a positive male role model for men everywhere i think people relate to him because they like jason sudeikis already mm. i think that for my money in the best comedy category, Ted Lasso deserved the win. All right. So despite all the terrible points you just made, no, that, that that's an okay way to put it. I can kind of live with it when you put it through that lens. I just think you're wrong. But let's go ahead and we'll move on to the second category. And let's go ahead and talk about, this is one that I, I feel, you know, for all my conviction about comedy, and, uh, and where Ted Lasso ranks as far as current comedies out there. And here's, I, I watch Ted Lasso. I don't dislike Ted Lasso, but I do think it is massively overrated. Um, let's talk about best limited series. Okay. So another one that, you know, this, this probably next to Ted Lasso, this is like the one A and one B of disappointing wins to me, which is White Lotus. Um, did you watch White Lotus? I saw the first two episodes and I did not finish White Lotus. And I think you described honestly how most of America felt about it. And anyone who says that they liked it probably just wanted to sound smart. But White Lotus was more of a soundtrack for, uh, to me, it, you know, like, especially a limited series, you need something that moves the plot forward and, White Lotus just seems to sit on his hands a lot. You know, if you did, if you did watch the first two episodes, I mean, what were your takeaways? You, you had to have kind of had that feeling. Uh, my takeaways are I have and always really will love Jennifer Coolidge. Mm -hmm. But I do not think that her turn in this is going to provide me with enough of a reason to stick around uh in addition to the rest of the cast she's definitely the highlight uh she is and uh let me pull up a couple of names of white lotus let me pull up a couple of names here during white lotus because i had opinions on the rest of the cast uh alexandra daddario this is actually interesting i spent a couple of evenings uh a couple of evenings in a row with alexandra daddario you're not going to well, convince us not not <laughs> as uh, while i was working for my employer uh, as now an assistant, yeah yeah he hosted alexandra daddario on his podcast uh much like we're doing now they were sitting around <laughs> it was exactly shooting like this. the shit it was just a couple weeks after um uh, uh, Parasite won the Oscar for Best Picture uh, and they were sitting around shooting the shit. I got to meet Alexandra. She's very kind. Um, I'm always a big fan. I've liked her always. This didn't impress me. And I'm not, I mean, we're not friends, her and I, so I don't mind saying it. I don't think she's a very, very talented actress. I think she's a very kind person. I've always liked the stuff that she is in. But with an opportunity to carry a show and be a mainstay, I don't think that she lived up 
to uh, the height. I don't her. know. I mean, throughout the the series, I don't know if she's like really asked to carry the show so much as she's there to fulfill her role. And I think that's kind of like the case with a lot of the the actors in White Lotus. I think only one or two are really asked to quote unquote carry, carry the show. Right. And I don't you're, know if she's one of them. You're right, and I, I I don't mean to put the weight of the show on her shoulders because it wasn't. And uh, the same thing with Jake Lacey. Uh, I think you guys will remember him from The Office, talked about earlier. Yes. He played... Uh, young uh, Jim. Yeah, <laughs> with plop. A, plop. Uh, yeah. Plop. And he also had a turn in Rampage with The Rock, where he mm-hmm. plays uh, a corporate exec type. Um, and then and then, and then then Steve Zahn, who I love Steve now, Zahn. Now, Steve, Steve Zahn know, was one of the highlights. I don't know who doesn't like Steve Zahn. Yeah. Uh, I'm always game for more Steve Zahn. I think I didn't watch this show because there wasn't enough Steve Zahn, in my personal opinion. So all this to say, I didn't finish the show. And that's, you know, take that take that how you will. If you want to discount my opinion because I didn't, that's fine. If you want to take it No, I, I would have to say your, your instincts of not finishing it were mostly correct. Um, did it, you it, 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 it is. Yeah, I did. I did. God help me. Um, it is because Julian, um, God bless him. I mean, I, I watched the first two episodes and I didn't like it. And may, maybe, you know, I'm clearly not the demographic. Your Southern passive aggressiveness is just peeping through. <laughs> I did. Julian, God, uh, but, Julian, God bless, bless his heart. <laughs> no. And, and then, uh, yeah, he, he texts me. He's like, oh my God, have you been watching White Lotus? And then I was like, uh, yeah, like, have you? He's like, oh my God, it's amazing. Right. And I was like, wait, really? Are we watching the same show? So I, I just decided to power through it so we can talk about it. Much how I feel it. about industry right now on hbo you and i but we can get that to on to on another occasion yeah i my, my heart can only take so much um and so yeah i mean it, it's a show that kind of especially if you're doing best limited series if it's limited you need to make the most out of your episodes you need to drive the story forward also they're supposed to be making another season of white lotus so how dare you steal that award from another right. limited series i mean in my mind dope sick was far and away the you know the what what should have been the winner there i do feel like dope sick um you gotta sneeze (laughs) it's okay no i i I thought dope sick was great did you watch dope sick i did watch dope sick and this is where you and i are gonna agree because i also believe dope sick deserved the award for best limited series um it was uh and, and and i might just i might just be shooting my credibility in the foot it was the only of the handful that I was able to really commit to all the way through. I also watched Pam and Tommy. I finished. And Pam I like that one. I, I think dope sick was clearly ahead of it, but, uh, but I mean, I would have taken Pam and Tommy over white Lotus. I same. Uh, and Pam and Tommy, it, uh, it peters out for me midway through. It's a, I wanted to finish the story cause it was fascinating. It was real life. That always interests me when things aren't just, uh, fiction, but you know, mm-hmm. things, you know, adaptations of what really happened. Um, you know, uh, dramatizations of things that could have, you know, conversations that could have. That's becoming a really emerging uh, genre these days. And I actually, it's, it's funny. The first time I was really exposed to dramatization of historical instances was uh, Devil in the White City, which is finally getting made. It's finally getting produced. It's been in development for well over 10, 15 years. Uh, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio has always been attached to it, first as H.H. Holmes, America's first serial killer. Now as an executive producer, he's aged out of the role. Mm. But I remember reading Devil in the White City in uh, high school and Mm -hmm. really 
thinking to myself then like wow this is this is a new untapped source of entertainment is the 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 dramatization of the historical event not just not just the hollywoodification of the historical event but the actual adaptation the study that goes into recreating uh a historical report of things that anyway i'm I'm getting into the weeds here back to pam and tommy i really like the show I thought it was very interesting. I do start to lose interest in the momentum of the show. We have a few episodes, you know, five, six episodes in. I'm, I'm really just trying to get to the end because I want to see how it resolves. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dope Sick was the opposite. Dope Sick was I, I checked in more regularly for the next episode than the next episode was released. I think it released every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday mm-hmm. on Hulu. I forget. Mm-hmm. It was It was a weekly thing. And I would be I would be days early looking for it, knowing it wouldn't be there. And it was it was it was almost like a, a compulsion, like checking a Facebook app. Even though <laughs> when you, you know, know there's no there's notification. no notification. <laughs> your your Instagram, your Twitter, checking it, even though you know there's no little red dot. Like it was the same way with Dope Sick. And so I I, I dare I, I say you were addicted. I was <laughs> I was like, addicted. I had. Yeah, I was I was having with like you needed to refill your prescription of I, uh, oxycotton. I did uh, exactly. I was I was shaking and my teeth were chattering. I think I think a, a bit, and but that's also the same thing. It's dramatization of real life events, and I I, I think that genre has really taken off. I mean, also uh, the Mike Tyson thing just came out. I watched it. I liked it. I don't know if it's for everyone because I'm a big boxing and you know I followed Mike Tyson's whole life and career like very closely. So since um, childhood. Yeah, yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. I had no idea. I mean, you could ask Matt. And in high school, I would like show him uh, highlights from interviews and, and uh, uh, stuff like that, too. For, for those out there who have no uh, idea our personal lives, Matt is just another friend of ours. Matt is a friend of ours. I think, you know, I, I trust our listeners enough to put two and two together. Okay. But um, but yeah, I, I, I think a big reason for that. And that was also made by the same director who did I, Tanya, You know, so I think I, Tanya kind of helped like um, elevate that that genre. But I think it's also because... Um, we have stuff like interesting cultural stuff that's happened post internet age. And so now we have all this stuff that we could like really verify, watch old clips of, um, like, like I also think the disaster artist was, was one of those pieces that right. like, kind of helped. And, and I think it's, elevate it, that it's, genre. it's too, just to separate from I, Tanya, cause you talked about I, Tanya and it helping that, that genre. It's 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 an it's a a slightly different genre than the biopic. It's slightly different. It is than yeah. It focusing is. on the one character, it's focusing on the series of events surrounding and the cultural se- and the cultural yeah. ramifications of said events around several characters around the larger story than just one person's story. So I, you're absolutely right. I Tanya did kind of help you know pave the way for this type of thing, but I think it is especially in television now something the dropout is another uh example which was nominated in the same category um another show i could not yeah it, it was and and i just did not think the dropout was that good and, and here's what it was it wasn't even or the girl from plainville the it was amanda seyfried mm. as that character her wide eyes and her deep voice but and that's how she a, talks it, it, i mean it, it, i like, thought i thought it was a very good acting job but the series as a whole didn't i, I thought it was much. silly i thought it was like it was but elizabeth it, holmes is silly. it was watching an actress do the like she like all all credit to Amanda Seyfried for creating the character, but it's so silly sometimes when you see someone trying so hard to be a character, you know it's a character. In fairness, though, Elizabeth Holmes was clearly trying so hard, you know? So I, I guess I, I understand, you know, you're, you're breaking down her acting chops and it didn't do it for you. I thought she was very good and, and I thought her 
characterization of Elizabeth Holmes was good because Elizabeth Holmes is a character. And and I mean, she was putting on an act, you know, she right. was doing a Steve Jobs impression, not, not even subtly. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, how do you play someone the, who's the already playing someone? Somewhere. Yeah. Right. I mean, you know, so she's playing a character who's playing a character, you know, there's layers to that. I get it. I, I thought it was good for, for entertainment purposes. I couldn't get past it. That's fine. And that's why and I, I, I won't, I, for that reason, I, I won't, and for that reason, I'm out. I'm out. Right. Uh, and girl from Plainville, which I tried. Um, and, and I feel like, yeah, the, those, that genre of stuff was really hitting a fever pitch of, uh, you know, blonde girls who did bad things. Right. And now here's, <laughs> here's, uh, here's Elle Fanning playing it. Uh, watch it, you pigs. Right. Which, uh, the Anna Delvey thing also came out last Inventing year. Anna. Inventing Anna. Yeah. Was yeah. That in ex- this category? It um, Actually, I think it. I think it was nominated in that category. Was too. it? Well, if yeah. it was, and once again, just another not that good, you know. And I wanted to, and I, that was a story I followed too, because I follow. Um, and I'll shout out another podcast: Lie, Cheat, and Steal. Um, Pat Soroyce and Kath Barbadero, uh, both comedians in Austin that I knew, and they have a podcast about scams. Um, and and they talked about Anna Delvey, you know, years ago, yeah. and and that was right around the time Shonda Rhimes had bought the rights right. to, to that story. So I've been looking forward to that one for a minute. The first episode I thought was well done. And and like so many of these, you, you, I don't know, they, they lure you in and then the rest of the episodes. they're good stories. They're really interesting real life stories. They're good stories. stories. And it's so funny that that's what this whole category was dominated But they don't by. know how to flesh out content. And, right. And, and maybe right. that's why they like. They don't know how to pace their reveals and they don't. Yeah. And maybe that's why why they liked White Lotus was because it was a quote unquote original story. But I think also White Lotus had a lot of pretension about it. Hmm. And, you know, you probably just had people who, you know, say they wanted to like or said that they like it to seem smart um, and not not to throw too much shade on the fan base for White Lotus. And I guess I'm just upset, too, that if you are going to indeed have another season of White Lotus, then get it out of the limited series category and give it to a a piece that really deserves if it. They, if they go for White Lotus season two, you think there should be like a retroactive? Yeah, uh, take, take uh, the take fucking it, Emmy away. Right? Take, yeah. Yeah. There, there should be a ceremony. Or, 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 yeah. Revoke it. Revoke it. Yeah. Revoke it. Uh, <laughs> it's just been revoked. It's, so, it, well, it hasn't. It's one. And it's mm. going into season two. And season two might win a second for uh, <laughs> best limited. Well, limited in, in our Emmys, in our Emmys so far, um, and the revamped Emmys so far, we've given the uh, the updated best comedy Emmy to Hacks. So congratulations, Hacks, and, and all the hard workers congratulations, there. Congratulations, Hacks. Hannah Einmender, Gene Smart, you got, and, and Paul W. Downs, y'all, the real MVPs. You deserve it. Um, limited series. Congratulations, Dope Sick, and all the Michael Keaton, yeah. uh, Will Poulter, now uh, uh, producers and directors alike, <laughs> getting the credit you did not get on Emmy night. And then drama. Okay, let's just go ahead and we're, we're going to rip off the drama band aid. Let's see who was nominated. Could could you pull those up? Uh, yeah, because the winner, the winner turned out to be Succession. This might have been the most palatable of the Wait. the big three to me so let's let's go ahead and see if we could you know pull up the uh the emmys for best drama the best um you know take your time quinn really oh okay yeah actually actually no i take that back now that i look at the nominees there was a very clear winner in my mind it was not succession and i'm shocked shocked i tell you that squid game was beat up by succession squid game which was lauded Praise, uh, shouted from a mountaintop the moment it came out, the most popular Netflix show of all time. If you're going to tell me that the Emmys are a popularity contest, then why the fuck did Succession beat Squid Game? I'll tell you why. Because 
people overinflate how good Succession is because it is a New York circle jerk. I turn this over to you now, Quinn. I really like Succession, and I thought it should have won. It's a good show. I mean, is it? It's good. It's. I mean, it's good. Let's let's go to the nominees. Okay. And it's a great list of nominees. It's yeah. It's a great list of nominees, but there are flaws, and we'll we'll enumerate them one by one. Better Call Saul. And and I I'm a, I'm a bad uh, fan. I'm a bad fan. I I have not watched honestly like the last several seasons of Better Call Saul. I have, and okay. Better Call Saul has gotten only better and better and better. Like I, Breaking I, Bad did. Like like Breaking Bad did. But I will say, as a fan of the show, as a fan that wanted to see Better Call Saul surpass Breaking Bad and become the 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 primary uh in this in this tale of would it have ever it could have it could have up until the last episode and i don't think it stuck the landing i think it Mm. gave us a very um palatable not even i think it i think just it was (laughs) it was so caught up in giving giving us these like really like tying loose ends or not even the tying the loose ends yes one tying loose ends but two i think it really wanted to package this season really neatly with a with a with with an arc that actually it really had a point at the end of it i think breaking bad was so good because of the way it ended because of the way uh uh, uh, Walter White Heisenberg meets his demise and all of the loose ends that are left untied Mm. I think is what makes it so realistic and so uh, carnal. Whereas Better Call Saul, I think got really mired in its um, uh, its its style. It really wanted to have a flair because that's who Saul Goodman is. That's who you know uh, Jimmy Jimmy McGill McGill. is. Uh, but I think the way it ended was more Hollywood than any of the. N- 10 previous seasons of Breaking Bad Better Call Saul had preempted. And I don't think that, at least for me, it ended in a way that I want to turn around then and give it the best drama award for the season. Because if you had asked me last season or the season before, any of the prior seasons, does Better Call Saul deserve, or rather deserve to be in the running for this award? I'd say, yeah, 100%. I think it deserved it this year to be in the running. I believe it did not deserve to win, and it didn't, for good reason, without spoilers. Go finish it yourself if you haven't. I don't believe it deserves the win. All right, next. Euphoria, I am in your boat. I am not a good fan. I have not seen past the first season. I didn't see season two. I know some of the big season highlights. I know that there was a emotional tumult. Um, but I, I, I can't speak with any authority on, on, a, on I, I, I watched um, the second season of Euphoria, and I'll just go ahead and say very succinctly, it did not deserve to win this category. The best part about it, though, is Martha Kelly as the um as as kind of the queen pin um drugged you know it went it went from a high school drama like a cw drama to to a gangland um like cheap imitation of breaking bad and better call saul so someone who was in and and just just uh i digress really quickly from this topic and we talk about euphoria we talk about better call saul uh raya seahorn is just killing it killing it as kim wexler and better call saul I think she was mm. nominated in the same category as Zendaya here for Euphoria for mm-hmm. Best Lead Actress in a Drama Series. I believe Rhea Seahorn should have won. Mm-hmm. I, like I said, have not watched Euphoria season two. But where do you stand on that issue? Because Rhea Seahorn's been killing it. Yeah, I mean, killing it for five Rhea, seasons. Rhea, uh, and and not having seen the most recent um, episodes, I mean, yeah, I've always been a fan um, of her. You know, on Better Call Saul, so I, I I could easily see a world where yeah, she probably deserved it. And I mean, yeah, and and to be honest, I didn't think 
Zendaya's performance was like anything to write home about necessarily on Euphoria. You know, I think she's uh she she's of a time, you know, and and the time is uh you know, it's it's a, it's kind of a time for her to shine. So I I guess I'm not surprised that she won it, but just in terms of like a very Ted Lasso win, huh? It, it was a little a, bit of a Ted Lasso a win. A very popular it's, it's win. It's a it's a populist win. Yeah. Uh, so so moving uh, because uh because we're a little short on time, let's move on to Ozark. I think we both finished this Series. We did. We did. Uh, yeah, I saw all of Ozark. And overall, I'd give the show like a, a B plus, A minus as like the show. It's another um, show that was so good throughout and did not stick did to Did not landing. stick to landing. And I, that's how I feel about Better Call Saul. Yeah. Um, I, I would say almost Ozark. Well, and, and I, you know, I haven't seen BCS, so I, I won't. But but yeah, I was I was particularly disappointed with how Ozark ended. I was particularly disappointed in like the second half of of the last season, mm-hmm. and, and I guess I'll just leave it at that. Um, um, se- Severance have not seen it. I have seen the first four episodes. Uh, a lot of people like it, and it is very good. And I continue. I will will finish. I have every intention of finishing this series. It is one of those shows that is a little um, taxing to watch, though. Mm-hmm. It's one. Uh, where I see an episode and I have to sit with it for a little while. It's not something I'm racing to the next episode. And I feel like a lot of people have the opposite experience. They want the, for them, the mystery is so intense. They need to see the next episode. This is one I'm pacing myself out on. I have been, I don't even watch an episode a week, but I have continued. Mm -hmm. So it's definitely good enough to keep me on the, you know, on the, on the hook. Interested. Uh, Interested. But, um, just my, just my, uh, Quick answer: I don't think it's good enough to deserve this award because if it was, I think I would have finished it. You, you would have, yeah. I think yeah. I would have. I would have zoomed through it. Well, which brings us to you know who I think should have been the winner: Squid Game. You know, the show that was a phenomenon that captured people's imagination in a way that very few shows. You know, this is like a, a show that comes out once every few years or so that you know really really it was plugs into it, the was the it was the zeitgeist it was the show of the year everybody talked i thought about i know about. it was it for 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 a solid several months it i'm was shocked the, it was the only thing anybody talked about i liked it mm-hmm. i also don't believe it deserves this emmy racist um, for, because one racism, <laughs> uh, but two xenophobia. Uh, those, 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 <laughs> so just other people, branches those, of racism. Those people scared me. Yeah. Uh, oh no! <laughs> no, uh, it was a good show. Um, it was. Uh, was there something missing from it? Was there something missing from it? It, it? it was a little zany at the end. I also thought. I think it got a little bigger than itself. At the very end, uh, kind of with the I, explanation, I know what you mean. with the explanation of what all happened, the, the and, twist and all and, that stuff, and, and, yeah. and it wasn't so much that the the twist wasn't. I think it was the presentation of the twist, the explaining of the twist. Um, there's a moment on a cliffside in a handgun. I won't go much further than that. But there's a lot of things that happened at the very end that it turned into a different show, and I didn't necessarily appreciate that. Um, I do like it. I do mm-hmm. think it's a cultural phenomenon. I do think it deserves some award, but not this award. Sh- should have won. It should have won, in my okay. opinion. All right. Stranger Things season four. Grace over this one. It's just part of a story that we know is not done yet. I don't think it's. Sure. Yeah, f- fair enough. I mean, I did think um, season four was a little music heavy. You know, I mean, it, it was just, it felt like a giant music video. They, they were like, um, I mean, it was one of my favorite Stranger Things season in a while, to be honest. Um the, the way I rank them, I go one, four, three, two. 
I do think the second season was uh, was far and away the worst. But three two gave us Demodogs season season two gave us gave us gave Demodogs. us the Demodogs season three gave us Billy Billy. I mean, yeah, I don't know, I don't know what what the, uh, yeah, <laughs> what yeah that, that was that was pretty cringe. The mind flare the mind flare was in both seasons, right? I don't know. Uh, I think he started in season two, actually. Um, but but you know, well, everyone knows Stranger Things. Everyone likes Stranger Things. Um, I still like it. I don't want this to be a reflection of you know, my opinion on Stranger Things overall. I just don't think that it's it's in the middle of a story. We haven't received a resolution yet. I don't want to vote for it to be the best drama when it's it's an it's a half finished drama. And then Succession, which won, uh, and then Yellow Jackets. Um, Yellow Jackets. I haven't I'm 100%, seen. I haven't seen it either. Okay. And, and that's on us, I think. But also might be an indication of where this show actually resides in the zeitgeist because it's something i've heard of and i do like mary elizabeth winstead it's not mary it's um uh i don't know who it's not mary elizabeth winstead it's a um you're you're confident it's an m name it's an m name it's uh she was married to jimmy simpson until 2012 melanie Melanie Linsky. linsky uh that's just funny that you know that the who the star was married to and what year they, they divorced. They met in two thousand and four on or two thousand and one on uh, Rose Red. This is creepy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, delivered, uh, I forget I, that actress, but she married her ex husband no, in no, two thousand one. Okay, okay, I'm playing coy here. I was a Postmate delivery person when I first uh. moved to LA four or five years ago, and I used to deliver ice cream to Melanie Linsky. Oh, uh, that's yeah. kind of a sweet story. And uh, I definitely had an embarrassing moment where I'd been <laughs> delivering ice cream for, you know, uh, frequently enough that she knew me and I knew her as, you know, the primary delivery boy and her as Melanie Linsky. And I said, I, I don't want to be weird, Melanie. I- I- this was after I already dropped off the ice cream. I dropped Uh-oh. off the ice cream. She Uh-oh. closed the door. I was walking back to my car and I decided this was the moment. I came oh, back and no. knocked on the door and I said, I just want you to know, Melanie, that, uh, uh, your performance in Rose Red and you and Jimmy Simpson, uh, you really inspired me to be actors. You're the reasons I'm I'm out oh, here. Oh no, uh, Jimmy Simpson. Who remember audience at this point is her ex husband. So now I'm talking about oh, her ex husband. I say Jimmy Simpson I'm messaged dying. me messaged me on MySpace back when MySpace was a thing, and he gave me encouragement. And I just want to let you know that. I really love you and your husband, Jimmy, who's her ex at this point. Oh, Remember, no, I, and I tell her, you know, uh, one of these days I'll see you across the, the, the table at a read. I'll be, I'll be cast in a project that you're cast in. I'll see you. I'll see you across the table. And she was nothing but nice. She was nothing but nice. Bless her soul. She gave me a hug. Bless her soul. The following three occasions I delivered ice cream for her. She did not come out. Her, her new boyfriend did. <laughs> Do you think that was like one hundred percent to by... do with my creepy uh, little uh, um, intro? That's so so that that's that's so funny to me for so many reasons. I mean, <laughs> and, but... now, and now I won't watch her show, Yellow Jackets. <laughs> <laughs> It's so funny. Like y'all, y'all are real frenemies now. No, no, no. I still really like her. I like her work. I, I, I love. I, this is this is like such a, a Hollywood move to me to to like you know to your face be like the most kind and generous and mm-hmm. and and then um in a not so subtle way be like bitch wants to talk about my ex like yeah, I'll, right. I'll, I'll, let me show you my new man my, and then yeah. se- send him to the door very handsome individual by the way i don't know if she's still with him but if she is good for you melanie he's yeah he's, uh, and and if if you're not good for you for tossing him aside for new hotter piece of ass that's right yeah, yeah. i, I hope you're worth. getting i hope you're getting all the hot pieces of ass out there melanie well <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. So Yellow Jackets, I one to watch. Um, it's been nominated, obviously. It should be on our radar. Um, mm-hmm. 
and I'll give it the time of day I think it deserves, but um, yeah, I, I just, I, you know, unfortunately don't have any opinion to share about it right now. Uh, so our last category, though. That was our last category. That was last category. I think our last topic, though, that we wanted to talk about. Oh, now, you, now you're telling me what to talk about on my show, you huh? You brought it up, and it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it? it's, it's, uh... It's the Rings of Power. It's the it's the mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings, and it's it's House of the Dragon. We have two new high octane, large. What we'll call high fantasy. High fantasy. Yeah. Um, taken taken over taken over the attention of the populace right now. It seems like all anybody's talking about are these two shows. They're discontent for these shows, or I, but I, I still feel like nothing has captured, uh, imaginate like no fantasy show. Even to this day, Lord of the Rings and House of Dragon has still not captured people's imagination or been as part of the conversation as Game of Thrones ever was. I still feel like we're, we're not really anywhere near those levels of, of, uh, of, of, you know, fan love. I think you're absolutely right. I think there's a lot of misdirected hatred for both of these. Oh, clearly. Uh, for both of these new franchises because of inclusive casting. Pardon me. Uh, for the most part, um... But I think that I think people are really missing out, especially I'm going to I'm going to put my stake down in the ground here. Go ahead. Rings of Power of the two shows, I think, is the superior property. I think that I think a lot of people agree with you. I I, I think that the show is giving us one what we recognize from the Lord of the Rings, Peter Jackson's trilogy. We're bringing back uh, the same uh, musician to score the show. Uh, you you, cer- you certainly feel like you're watching a Peter Jackson, and um, and, it, and it starts off the scale of it is just magnificent. It's I very mean, grand. You, it's it's bigger than Peter Jackson's were. And, and it's not because it's trying to one-up Peter Jackson. Peter Jackson's story takes place in the Third Age. It's after the fall of man and Numenor and the greatness of the elves. and, oh, man. Yes. and We're back in the Second Age. We are at the height of the powers of Numenor. We are at the height of the elven power. We are at the height of a lot of things prior to the rise of Sauron. And I think we're seeing... Some of the things we saw in Peter Jackson's trilogy as ruins, we're getting a chance to see these places in their all their splendor, in their all their glory. Yeah, uh, and and I think that people that are hating on the show maybe because of the casting decisions or the inclusivity are are really um, handicapping themselves here because it's it really is wonderful to watch. The first 20, 30 minutes of the first episode of Rings of Power are gorgeous. Where some some things committed to screen that. I don't think we've seen in some films. I mean, I, I really do. I really do believe that they put this billion dollar budget that they talked about mm-hmm. for three years to really good use. I think it looks good. It sounds good. Um, I have encountered a few gripes with um, the costuming. Actually, oh, very, really? very specifically go off with a friend who is a huh. big, big, big fan. I'm going to give him a shout out here. His name's Tyler Powers. And uh, Tyler has just an amazing, amazing commitment to Star Wars and to Lord of the Rings and knows all about their histories and just just all anything that is canon (laughs) has been consumed. And him and I had a really long conversation about his disdain for the show. And it's mostly to do with the production design and and their lack of he he, he used Numenor and their, you know, they have their. their 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 uh their guilds of of metalworking and that their oh their, their armor and their weapons and everything should be the most beautiful thing we've ever shown and he gave me a side by side of the armor of one of the Targaryens in 
House of Dragons and how magnificent and ornate it is. And then it gave us the the um, the captain or whatever of Numenor, you know, uh, mm-hmm. Isildur's father, soon to be king of 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 men. Uh, as the story plays out, sorry if I'm spoiling that for anybody out there that doesn't know the minutia of Lord of the Rings and the uh, the appendices, but that's what happens. Uh, anyway, his point was that the money is being misallocated to the VFX when in fact it should be grounded in real world things like props and mm-hmm. costuming and that. His, so, so you skimp on the props budget right. you know, for the CG. Right, is, 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 is his, his complaint. big complaint. Uh, but I mean, it's 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 not it's not unwarranted uh, after seeing his side by sides after uh, hearing his arguments. I I don't disagree. I think that they could be doing more. But I think that that's really uh, not taking into account what it is they have done and what they're going to continue to do. And we haven't even seen the best of what this show has to offer. We're, we're in the opening stages of character development. There's going to be battles. There's going to be, you know, there's going to be magnificent magic speed. That's the know. most like comic book guy level of complaints you know, <laughs> that, that I could think of. Worst costumes ever. Worst. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I I've really enjoyed Lord of the Rings so far. I'm uh, I'm nervous. I've I've yet to start House of Dragon because I have such a love, and I've read the books, um, The Song of Ice and Fire, but I was so turned off by the last um, season. Honestly, last two seasons or so, and and probably more than that. But you know, your your fan love will will carry you only so far. But man. I think that's where most fans are right now. The ending of same the ending of of yeah, Game of Thrones, such a bitter taste that like I'm nervous to start House of Dragons. So but, I, yeah, I put but, it, but I've been putting took, it off. But, you, but you've oh, you haven't seen. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Oh, I've been putting it off. Oh, well, I mean, then get on that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to talk to you more about. Yeah, it. Yeah, but uh, but but just just tell me like, do I want to watch it? You do. Okay, you do. I think I think what what House of Dragons is doing is it's getting back to what it is we loved about. Uh, uh, Game of Thrones, and it was the it was the game. It was yeah, the it game was the game. It, it was, was the politics. It was it was the politicking, and it was the cloak and dagger, and it was yes, it was also the action, uh-huh. and yes, it was the cleaving of limbs from bodies, and and, yeah, and, and but but we're getting that. We're getting we're and, getting and the surprise deaths. You know, the like su- like I feel like towards the end, Game of Thrones really telegraphed all these characters' right. deaths, and I think that that's something we haven't gotten into yet. Is I think that. We're going to start seeing that the, we, the dominoes fall. We haven't seen – because of what the show does early on, you haven't seen it yet. It Through these first three or four episodes that are out, it moves through about six or seven years of content. That we, mm. we From episode to episode, the, they're asking the audience to skip along with us three years, skip along with us another two years. Mm. Um, so it's demanding a lot of the audience right off the bat in terms of tracking the timeline. Mm-hmm. It's saying – there's a lot to cover. We're starting early, but we need to get through some of it. So in a way, we haven't had the opportunity to see some of these um, uh, surprising deaths. Mm-hmm. Um, where, but we're starting to get there now. Uh, we haven't had our, our Ned Stark moment. We haven't had Ned Stark. But also Ned Stark didn't come till the penultimate episode. Of well, I mean, one, I mean, so. whenever he – yeah, whenever he was executed. But, but I just mean, yeah, we haven't had that oh shit moment. Right. right. You know, like, like that Game of Thrones, it was the politics – uh, the action was great, and then the oh shit moments, you know, which which we're we're getting to the oh shit moments. We have a half oh shit moment at the end of uh, episode three. Oh yeah, um, and uh, the show is very good. And uh, according to Tyler Powers, uh, better costume, <laughs> better costume. <laughs> yeah, never don't you know? No one puts Tyler Powers in a corner when it comes to the costume. <laughs> but um, 
I think in terms of storytelling, I think in terms of um, of um, where it can go in terms of uh, scale, mm-hmm. I think Rings of Power is the ship to be on if you're going to be on one or the other. I think you should be on both. I think both shows deserve all the attention. Do, do you see um, a world where House of Dragon can overtake it? I think we're in a place now where House of Dragons is in front because it is the more, it is the more recognizable property with a recency bias. I think that it was only two years ago, two, three years ago, that we were watching Game of Thrones, we're unhappy with how it ended, we're ready to get back to that. And we're hurt. We're you know, hurt. We're, we're, and, we're, and I think we want redemption. Yeah. We're want, we want the show to have redemption. And that's why we're investing as much time. I think... I mean, and also, it seemed like a lot of the criticism uh, people had against House of Dragon were the same reasons that they had for Game of Thrones thrones which you know the inclusive casting and what people perceive as like a a pc or woke bias as far as like you have a a female forward cast or a cast that features people of color when you didn't see them in the original order of the rings movies and stuff like that so i mean do do you feel that because like you you watch Lord of the rings and i'm like oh there's a black elf like it don't register it it don't make a shit to me but i'm like oh yeah okay now now we got a black elf because you're you're a participation trophy millennial (laughs) (laughs) but but when you're when you're watching a house of dragon do you you know are there similar gripes in that show or do you feel like there's a recent there's a similar and for those that don't know or for those that haven't watched the show like yourself i'm not giving anything away here saying that targaryens in the books you've read the books you know well they're they're they're, famously white they're famous (laughs) they're 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 not white they're platinum they're they're platinum and they're yes and and uh the House of Dragons has the audacity to cast black men and women in these Targaryen roles with platinum white hair. Uh, that's that's going to that's going to piss off some nerds. It's going to piss off all the nerds. It's going to piss off some racist nerds. As a matter of fact, yeah. there there are some pissed off racist nerds right now. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I think uh, Ugh, all lives matter. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Ugh, back the blue. Well, historically speaking. <laughs> well, historically speaking. Yeah. Um, historically speaking, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I okay. So if if that's your gripe, if your gripe is inclusive casting, then that's not the show for you. They've already gone so far in the opposite direction. If that's if we're not going to win you back, I don't think we want you back. Mm. Um, and that's where the show stands. All of a sudden, they look at the ratings like, we need you back. We, yeah. <laughs> we don't know. You know, yeah. we, we still, they're, they're, yeah. they, this is kind of uncharted territory so in a lot like of ways. Ice and, ice and fire magics will turn them all platinum, I guess. Yeah. Uh, exactly. in, in a later episode. <laughs> that would be, that would be such a slap in the face of all the inclusive casting that right. we've been trying to accomplish the last few years. If they're just like, uh, shit, how do we, uh, how do we get this back to, yeah, to It turns being... out that they were just disguising themselves with. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, it's 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 a really good show and if inclusive casting and color bending yeah you know uh, mm-hmm. not gender bending but you know race bending is your it, you're gonna get hung up there then there's uh, there's nothing I'm i mean you say know what that that was the best mind, yeah right? that's true and and that and that was the best of all the cinderellas was the one that that um you know was so so just take a take a page out of the whiz take a page out of cinderella and just <laughs> cinderella just shut the fuck up you fucking nerds <laughs> Just uh, shut up and and watch these, watch yeah. these fantasy characters and enjoy it. I don't think inclusive casting is what's bringing. These what are you mad that you didn't get cast? You know, like like what what's your gripe? <laughs> like, do you just not like watching black people that much, Heel, or do you? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm uh, just uh, yeah. But I mean, just long story short, to bring it all to a point, if inclusive casting is the reason you think these shows are lacking, it's not. It's because mm. of costuming. 
But, but you should be. You should be watching these shows. You be, you should be giving them your time of day if you're already investing time in shows like White Lotus and Euphoria and, you know, things of the ilk. I yeah. think you should at least also be doing yourself the service of watching really good high fantasy because I think I think that's something that's changing in our landscape now is that high fantasy was always treated as swords and sandals. It was purely Anglo too. Really bad, uh, yeah, really bad dialogue and vows and arts and you know, it is still all that, but it also is really well written and it's given a really legitimate budget and it's 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 catering to not just the people we shoved in lockers in middle school, but to, to, to all of us, because they, you know, we've all kind of shown ourselves to be a little bit of a kid that was shoved in a locker who will enjoy some swords and sandals and, you know, knife fights and dragons. And, um, so anyway, all this to say, very good shows. Mm. You should be watching them. Uh, they're only going to get better. I really do truly believe that. Yeah. These shows usually, usually ramp up after a while. Um, well, I mean, thank you so much for your time, Quinn. Um, you know, we're going to be wrapping this up here soon, but you know, any final thoughts and like, where can people find you? Yeah. Uh, Brian, thanks for having me. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at it's Quinn possible. There is a period between it's and Quinn impossible. So, uh, you can find me there. You can find me on Twitter at count to Quinn, um, I'm not very active on either platform, but uh, those are my socials. Um, you can watch the show I work on, uh, coming this next year, probably, probably in the spring. We don't have an official release date, but it is high town. Season three will be coming out on stars, on stars network on the stars network. I don't know that anybody subscribes to stars, but, but it's if, part of a, a package you bought. If, if it's part of a package, you, you just got a uh, direct TV and you're getting three free months of HBO stars and then watch high town, yeah, watch high town season. Watch one, the hard work Quinn put one, into it. two and three. It's a very good show. It's full of very good performers faces. You'll recognize undoubtedly. Luis um, Guzman. Luis Guzman in season two. We got some Mark Boone Jr. throughout. We got some uh, uh, James Dale Badge uh, and Monica Raymond. And those are those are names you'll recognize if you've seen World War Z or FBI or, uh, you know, a multitude of other things. So, yeah, uh, catch catch my show there. Catch me on the socials. uh, Complain to me about my opinions. Yeah, he he needs to hear more of it because he, you up. hear how brash he is about being wrong, <laughs> and and it's it's very frustrating to be his friend. So, please uh, tell him you know if you agree with him, just stay out of it. If you, if you don't, um, pour some gasoline on this fire because because we got matches, baby. Uh, but from the Brian Bogart has a podcast, the podcast. I'm Brian Bogart. I'm Quinn Lada. Brian, thank you for having me. Of course, and thank you all for listening. Good night.